All right, we're back. We're not wasting any time. I'm excited. This is JC, the You Made New Podcast, episode 22, and it is part two of our Little Should series. And, and I'll admit right from the start, I'm kind of hoping like you're doing them back to back, like you're just listening to them back to back. It's totally fine if you aren't, but we're going to really just mesh the two together. Um, I would have just kept going, but I thought it'd be easier to separate them out just for time's sake. But again, we are looking at unlearning. This is building off um, episode 20 and what we're, what we're talking about with unlearning before we can learn from Christ. Unlearning old patterns, unlearning old habits and ways of thinking to have our mind changed through him. A whole new view, a whole new paradigm. And we talked in part one about the shoulds, about all of the voices that add to our to-do list that, oh, I should do this and I should do this. And that was our health and wellness um, slant on that last episode. But on this one, we're going to take it more to our religious life, um, to our spiritual should list. Now, again, I know this is a health podcast. I know I'm a health coach, but you can't tell me that this doesn't apply to our mental health. And, and when it comes to changes in our mind that have a ripple effect in every direction, this, I'm sorry, we've got to go there and just look at um, what we've been doing in our minds and with the shoulds when it comes to our religious activities, the pressures, the council, all the things we're told to do. Now, just think for a minute. I don't know what um, denomination you come from. I, I'm a member of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I'm LDS. So for me, my denomination has a very heavy load. We have lay membership that, um, leads, we don't have paid clergy. And so there's a lot of responsibility. There's a lot of, um, things that we're working on and doing in our congregation that take volunteer work. And so aside from the shoulds, like I should be reading my scriptures and praying and serving and, uh, you know, going to church every week and there's fasting program that we do every month and there's offerings that we give and the list is pretty long, but there's also leadership opportunities and working with the youth and in our congregation. And the, the list is very, very long. And we hear regularly from our leaders um, on a lot of things that need to be, to be improved in our lives. Like we should be doing this and we should be doing this. And let me just say from the outset, very, very clearly, I hope you're hearing me. I'm not saying those voices are a bad thing. Part of the way Christ communicates with his people, no matter the denomination we're in. And I believe all of us who love him are his people. He does communicate to us through voices, through speakers, sessions, sermons, lessons, and there's sometimes shoulds. You should be doing this. And often it is from him. It is a call to repentance. And it is him a little bit putting his finger in our, in our face and saying, yes, you should be. This is something that I want you to put on your plate. So I want to be so clear about that from the very beginning. Absolutely, the Lord does speak through his servants, through those that he puts in our lives that help wake us up to some of the things that we quote unquote should be doing. So with that in mind, let's just talk for a minute because this is where my unlearning has begun to unfold in this area. My question is, no matter what your religious life looks like, you're hearing a lot of the same voices I'm hearing, I'm sure. So did the Lord really intend 
for us to add every single bit of counsel or advice or direction we ever hear. It goes right on our to-do list and off we go. Is that what the religious life is supposed to look like? Every should that we ever hear um, from, from a lot of different sources that we trust and that we love, leaders that we absolutely respect and love and believe that God has put in our lives. Does every single word that comes out of our mouth go right on our plate, right that minute, and we add to the list and off we go? It's a fair question, right? Because to me, the gospel is supposed to be good news. <laughs> That's what the word gospel means. Um, but if the life of a, a disciple is just this heavy, 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 heavy burden of shoulds that we can never feel like we're measuring up to, what kind of good news is that? How do we manage all the shoulds, the religious shoulds that get, that are presented to us? Now in the health and wellness section in part one, we were talking about worldly voices and experts and how easy it is to just go, you know what? No, you, you take the bits and pieces that, that you believe are right for you and toss the rest. Like, but this is a little different because these voices are again, coming from people that God has put in our lives or that we respect or that we know are his leaders. So we think at first we think, well, how could I dismiss any of it? All of it. Of course, if that person said it, it has to go on my list. It's a should JC. These ones are different. But again, I'm going to ask, did the Lord really intend for us to take every piece of counsel we ever hear, add it to our list, increase our burden to where we're so maxed out? Because see, this is the problem. Oftentimes at the same time that we're trying to handle that spiritual to-do list, we've also, many of us been given immense trials and struggles. We may be dealing, having excuse me, taking all of our emotional energy and it's going to that financial struggle or the unemployment or the, the health cancer, the diagnosis that's consuming us, a parenting issue that's completely taken us out, a marital issue that's just shutting us down. And then you heap the spiritual to do things on that list too. And we just crumble. We just want to curl up in a fetal position and say, okay, I, I can't. And, and it's not even that the list is there. It's just, I have so much guilt that I'm not getting into any of it. And those are good voices. And I really should be listening to that. Do you see how easy it is for this to spiral out of control? How do we know how do we find balance? I mean, go back to the verses that we read in part one. I mean, come unto me, Christ says, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. A determining characteristic of Christ's disciples should be a life of rest. Peace, rest. My burden is light, he says in those. So are you laughing at me now, right? <laughs> How do we, oh, does it feel light? Does it feel light to you? Does the to-do, the should list feel light? Does your life feel like it's rest? I mean, you go, okay, wait a second. Half the things are stressing me out are, are not, <laughs> they're coming from the church. I'm supposed to do this. I'm supposed to do this. And I'm supposed to, let's just be raw and real, shall we? It's easy to just go, how in the world am I supposed to feel rest when this list is so sinking long? 
I think these are fair questions. I don't think it means that I've lost my faith. I don't think it means that I don't believe. I think at times the truth is not that we need to run faster. The truth is that we need to unlearn a few things. Let me just suggest a few options. Number one, yes, that should may be coming from a trusted source that you, you know, it speaks for God. My question may be, yes, but is the timing right for that piece of advice to be applied in your life? Maybe it's something for now, but it might be something for at a, for a different season. For instance, um, I've said I had seven kids. I, I don't know if you were, they were born super, super, super close together. That was just right for us. It was kind of, well, not kind of, it was really crazy. But when I had my youngest, I had a couple in school, but I had five preschoolers. Like, I'm not kidding. It, it was insane. It was intense. I would do it. Now I'm telling you now they're all grown. I'd do it over again. It was right for us. But at the, at the moment I was maxed out. No question in my mind, this was the family God wanted me to have and the timing he wanted me to have it in. So he had put me in these motherhood circumstances and, and I can tell you a thousand reasons that I know why now. I mean, I just, I'm so grateful that he gave me the family I did, but I was maxed out. So at that point in my life, I was doing very little to contribute in our church congregation. Like there've been other seasons where I've been participated in leadership. I've worked with the, the youth. I've, I've been very involved in my church family. But at that season, I was barely holding head, my head above water. And, um, and that was my to-do list was, was those cute little kiddos. Very little else was getting done. Maybe my scriptures were getting read, but half the time, the minute I'd sit down and open the, the Bible, someone would be screaming, I'd get interrupted. And it was really hard for me at times not to feel at first I'd swing between guilt, that I can never get to this. And I just had to really grapple with how much of my spiritual to-do list wasn't being done the way that, you know, was being preached to me often, the kind of time that you're supposed to spend. And, and I really had to take this to the Lord. The, the peace that came, the rest was permission. JC, not now. Yes, those things are all good. Those things are all good. And yes, come to me in the scriptures when you have a moment, but let's not guilt ourselves. shall we? like you have babies that need your attention. That is your first priority. If some of those things fall off the plate, that's okay. I learned to pray differently. Like I learned to pray when I was doing the dishes or driving the car, or I would, I didn't always have a whole hour of uninterrupted time with him in my scriptures. That just disappeared for a while. It's back now. I have that now. But in that, in that season of my life, I could have gone to church and heard the talks and lessons on being in your scriptures more. And I could have beaten myself up with that. Oh, I should do that. I should. Can you hear the shoulds? If I had not taken it to the Lord and have him say, now, hold on timing. That's a good piece of advice. And some people in that congregation absolutely needed to hear that that day. They're not in it at all and, and need to be, and it will change their lives. You're okay. Don't apply that today. Just do what you can, but your babies are your priority. Do you see how we need revelation? We need Christ's voice to help us manage even the spiritual to-do list. The voices are coming from better sources. And so we can easily get completely swallowed up and lost in that thinking, I'm just not enough. I can't do all of these things. Number one, the timing 
Some things may need to be done in different time. Some priorities may need to shift. It doesn't mean we need to do it all at once. Okay, number two thing that I learned with this that really blessed me, excuse me, not learned, unlearned, that I had to unlearn when it came to the shoulds, the spiritual shoulds that were living deep in my heart and causing me grief and causing me guilt. This comes from a quote from author Oswald Chambers in his book, My Utmost for His Highest. I think I've quoted from him before. Love him, love him, love him. But he, um, he outlined something that just rocked my world. I went, oh my gosh, I think I do that. It was so good for me to hear. He's talking about the verse in 2 Corinthians 10, where Paul says we should bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Assess our thoughts and, and bring them captive to Christ. Let Christ be... Um, the, the one that controls our thoughts rather than Paul says all these other imaginations and things that are exalting themselves above him and, and having dominion over you. So he's talking about that verse and this is what Oswald says. He's talking about Christian work in in particular. So much Christian work today has never been disciplined, but has simply come into being by impulse In our Lord's life. Every project was disciplined to the will of his father. There was never the slightest tendency to follow the impulse of his own will. He says, then compare that with what we do. We take every thought and project that comes to us by impulse and jump into action immediately instead of it disciplining ourselves to obey Christ. Instead of saying, wait a second. (laughs) Yes, I saw a really cute idea on Pinterest and the girls in my congregation would love that. That would be so cool. And off I go. Instead of disciplining myself to take it to him and say, should I add it to the should list? Is this just an impulse? Something someone presented to me. Off I go. Off I go by impulse. Oh, that's such a great idea. Okay. Off I go. And I add it to the list. And then three weeks later, I'm burnt out. I'm completely done. I'm curled up in a ball. Like I'm done. I can't do this anymore because I made my own load heavy. Christ never said for me to do that. I did it by impulse. Listen to to how Oswald Chambers concludes. It is inconceivable, he says, but true nevertheless, that saints are simply doing work for God that has been instigated by their own human nature. Think about that for a minute. Are any of the shoulds on your spiritual to-do list Have they come just through your own impulses of what you think a good disciple should do? Or you heard someone else did it and you're thinking, oh, well, I love that person and I admire that person. That means I absolutely should do that. Maybe, maybe, maybe yes, but absolutely maybe not. (laughs) Have we disciplined ourselves to take our should list to him and let him help us balance it, manage it so that there is rest. You think about the Pharisees in Christ's day. They were the most religious men on the planet. When Christ showed up on the scene, I mean, they, they memorized the scriptures. They were church. They didn't just go to church. They ran it. They, they were the ones that taught in the synagogues. They set the rules. They interpreted the scriptures. They, they like were the religious elite And yet you think about all the sinners that Christ encountered and yet who got his wrath worst, worst of all, it was these religious men, right? 
they had taken the scriptures, they had taken God's word, and in an attempt to make sure it was kept, they built wall and rule and rule and rule around those. Okay, keep the Sabbath. Okay, that means you can only take this many steps and you can only do this with your food and you can only do this and rules and rules and rules. I think there were like 600. I can't remember where I got that, but over 600 rules about the rules. And so they taught their culture. They hadn't just done this personally. They'd created a culture around this so that the people were under such a heavy burden of shoulds that they were just, just crippling. And Christ came and said, no. And, and what I love about him most is he started breaking all the rules, right? Not God's rules. He didn't break God's rules. He started breaking the Pharisees rules and they freaked out. But he just started saying, no, 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 this was never on my should list for you. Never told you that you should do that. That came from your own impulse, right? Like we read from Chambers a second ago. He chastised them and said, no, you've lost the beauty of the gospel by multiplying all these shoulds. So can you see that? Yes, we have a lot of good voices coming to us, giving us counsel, giving us advice. Um, sometimes chastising us and sometimes those things are exactly what the Lord wants us to hear. But sometimes as in my experience, when I had little kids, sometimes I knew those were good doctrines and good, um, counsel and good, um, things that, that Christ believes in and, and needed to be, to be preached. But for me, I was, I had taken my list to him. I didn't need to beat myself up that no, I wasn't going to have four hours this week to go volunteer for that project. I wasn't going to feel guilty about that. I had something on my plate. He had given me what his will for was for me in that season of life. And I could be at peace. I could rest. Our lack of rest as disciples may come because we're trying to fit everything in at the same time. When timing, we haven't taken timing into an issue, or it may be because we've just followed too many shoulds based on our own impulses, what we think we should do. We've become Pharisees. We've made, oh, well, that means I should do this. And oh, and that person did this. So I surely should do this. And off our minds were spinning in a direction that I think if Christ came and sat down across the table from us and looked at us in the face and said, no, nope, I didn't give you those things. That's why you're so heavy laden. If you come into me, I'm going to give you rest, right? Because if he puts something on our spiritual should list, he will give us the grace to do it. And then we'll still be at rest. It makes, it makes sense. I'm not saying this is easy. I had to unlearn the old. Do you see how the concept of unlearning just ties in perfectly to this? Because as we're trying to shift to a new paradigm, it's not just about learning a new way to be. It has to be an unlearning of the old. If I've been running my spiritual to-do list in some of these old patterns, we have to deconstruct that to find the peace, to find the rest. It's in the deconstruction of those old patterns that we find that ability to breathe and to rest. Then we can say with him in Matthew 11, that burden is light. Because now the only things on that to-do list are those he has put there and he's given me the time and the grace and the energy and the strength to do them. See, his burden is light doesn't mean I throw out the spiritual to-do list 
completely, right? We just think, well, it's just too much. I'm just not doing any of it. No, it's letting him be our voice of discernment for, for which things that we are counseled need to make it on our plate and which ones can wait, which ones are not necessary at the moment. I remember a friend once told me we had gone to a meeting and we'd been challenged at that meeting to double our time on one thing, double our efforts with this one thing, this one goal. And she was already doing a ton of it. Like she was, she was doing 10 times more than the rest of us, but she heard that counsel and she looked at me, took it literally. She was like, yep. I, okay. I guess I better, I better double it up. And I was like, wait, 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 no, I don't think he was talking to you. <laughs> And I, again, okay, maybe, maybe the Lord did want her to quadruple (laughs) her efforts, but can you see that that challenge could have been spoken through that leader for those that did need to repent and step it up, not for her. And that she could, her rest could have come from the Lord's voice saying in her head, don't worry, you're doing enough, doing enough. You don't need it. That wasn't for you. Just a little tweak where we take our should to him first. Instead of just throwing it on our list and then trying to run so much faster than we have time or strength or energy to do. And then we cripple ourselves and we are just down and we're like this religious life. Forget this. I can't do this. This is way too hard. And we just quit. (laughs) Oh, don't we want rest? Rest from the crazy voices of the world, but also rest from our own shoulds in our head that torment us and fill us with guilt and shame. Christ is always the answer. He's always the answer. And so I'm asking today, what is it that you need to unlearn? Do you have some shoulds on your list that maybe he would smile at you and say, cast that away. That one was never meant for you right now. Just let it go with a smile and feel that burden lift. I hope That's the case for you. I hope your burden is lightened. I know, I know, I know that he is the way to find peace in all of these areas of our lives. Have a beautiful Christ-filled, spirit-led day. Thanks for joining me.